Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, February 17th, 2020. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. James, we just absolutely spoiled everybody in the feed this weekend with the sheer abundance of stuff we dropped. On Friday, I know you and Matt sat down for a Patreon-only review episode, part two of his winter trip, where he discussed Hades Town, six Cambodian rock band, and also running into me outside of the Broadhurst, which yeah. was apparently the best part. Did you spray uh, somebody with pepper spray? I did. <laughs> I didn't. That was okay. uh, someone beat me to it a few days later. Apparently, okay. it happens. But yeah, that happened. Uh, very surprising. And we were supposed to go to Sardi's this weekend, which unfortunately did not happen. Oh no! I know it happens. It happens. Sometimes people just lose your reservations. Hmm. <laughs> I know. But uh, also had a new episode of Jan Simpson's Stagecraft, where she talked about uh, or talked with Zora Howard, the playwright of Stew at page 73, which is running through this week. And then you had this week on Broadway, where y'all talked about Hamlet, St. Anne's Warehouse, Emoji Land. What else? Um, so Michael Portantier went down to the Brown House Theater in Maryland to see a production oh, of wow. Spring Awakening. That was very good. Uh, Peter previewed 54 Sings Love Song at 54 Below. Mm. And also the Keen Company production of Blues for, an, Blues for an Alabama Sky. Yes, yes, yes. So it was uh, a lot of really positive reviews this uh, weekend on This Week on Broadway. A lot of really Love good to stuff. Love that. that. Love to hear that. Uh, I know today we have the third and final part of Matt's trip recap before he heads back to Florida, as well as a new show. Am I right? That's right. He's uh, he's doing uh, the the special episodes of Zoe's. Yes. What's Zoe's Zoe's ep- extraordinary playlist? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so no, Zoe's extraordinary, extraordinary playlist. Um, <laughs> And he's going to be talking about that. So if you didn't catch that, it's in the Patreon-only feed on Sunday evening. Sunday evening at 10.01 p.m. Because uh, Matt's very special. He gets these things ahead of time. But Uh, he can can only talk about it after the show itself has aired. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So that's... uh, uh, Truly an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Yeah. We're putting out a lot of really uh, fun stuff. Yeah, so be sure to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Get a hold of all of those Patreon-only releases or to support us if you haven't already. So keep funding Patreon-only and public releases alike. Yeah, so uh, let's get right into the news here. We heard on Sunday evening that American Utopia will return to Broadway in late 2020. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, David Byrne's American Utopia played its final performance on Sunday, February 16th. Or did it? (laughs) Turns turns out not really, as the show's producers announced on Sunday afternoon that the hit record-breaking narrative concert will return to the Hudson Theater on September 18th and run through January 17th with an official opening date to be announced. In the release, Burns says, quote, it's become obvious to us in the band, the crew and the producer team that audiences want, dare I say, need to see the show. 
they're not ready to have it disappear just yet, we feel the same way. We love doing this show, so it's thrilling to us that we can announce that we'll be back in September. Tickets for that return engagement are already on sale now at HudsonOnBroadway.com. The second run will be launched in tandem with the previously announced filmed version of the show directed by Spike Lee, which is now planned for a 2020 fall release. The just-concluded first run of the show ended after 121 performances at the Hudson, and it recouped its initial $4 million investment in just 10 weeks after opening, has set several house records. This is a really smart move by the producers, James, and by Byrne. Obviously, the show was a huge hit, both critically and financially. The show was playing at full capacity at 150% of its gross potential. Top ticket price this past week was $649. Clearly has no problem selling. And as we've talked about before, the show is obviously cut from a different cloth because it's concert and performance. And I think this is probably more successful than they ever imagined. <laughs> but I think that this is a, you know, it's a great move for theaters to have something in the doors paying the rent while it's not running strictly plays and musicals. Did you get a chance to see it? I haven't. So now I have another opportunity at least. Yeah. And not having to, the average ticket price was $210. So not having to pay $210 will be good as well. That would be very good. I haven't seen it either. And a friend of mine asked me a question that um, I've not been able to get an answer to. So maybe one of the listeners who has seen it might be able to answer this. Everybody on stage is barefoot. Oh. I'm, I'm unsure of why that is. Mm. But it's interesting, and they must be. Yeah, I mean, so if you are a listener, you know that answer, or want to take a guess or something like that, uh, hit us up on uh, Facebook or Twitter or something like that, or email smoke signals, whatever. Yes, smoke signals. Yeah, I'm sure someone has paid the ticket price to see it. So please tell us. Um, But yeah, Plaza Suite will be coming into the Hudson next through July 12th. They might have something to throw in between that and Utopia Part 2. But I mean, American Utopia is clearly paying the bills over there. Yeah. All right. So what do we have in this week's show schedule? Yeah, we have another very busy show schedule this week, Mm -hmm. James. Let's run through them all. Starting where else on Monday, a couple of shows to note. Over at Clubbed a Thumb, previews begin for Tumacho, a play with songs by Ethan Lipton and directed by Lee Silverman. The cast includes Bill Buell, John Ellison Conley, Randy Danson, Pippa Sue, and more. Club Thumb is always doing great work, including what the Constitution means to me. So be sure to check that one out. That will officially open later this week on Saturday, the 22nd. Also on Monday, Classic Stage Company will open both Dracula, directed by Sarna Lapine, and Frankenstein, directed by Timothy Douglas, which will play in repertory through March 8th at the Lynn F. Angelson Theater. Last Up Plasticity will wrap up its month of performances at the Greenwich House Theater. On Tuesday the 18th, the public's Coal Country and Irish Reps Encantada will begin previews, world and U.S. premieres respectively. Encantada will officially open at the end of the week on Sunday the 23rd. Officially opening on Tuesday is Atlantic Theater Company's Anatomy of a Suicide, written by Alice Birch and directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz, starring Celeste Arias, Gabby Beans, Carla Gugina, and more. 
Uh, I think Matt just saw that one, but I'm not quite sure what he thought of it yet. Also, Keen Company's Blues for an Alabama Sky, which you mentioned earlier by Pearl Cleach, will open. That will run through March 14th. You said that Peter talked a bit about it on This Week mm-hmm. on Broadway, James, and that it was pretty positive. Yes, absolutely. Very good, very good. Also on Tuesday, Audible will present Stories of a Lifetime, two nights with Dan Rather at Minetta Lane Theater, where the former CBS News anchor takes audiences through his the most pivotal moments of his life. That will be recorded live for Audible Theater, which again is doing some really cool stuff so far. That being two nights will wrap up on Wednesday. For Wednesday, we have a few previews and openings on top of that. First up, New York Theatre Workshop's Endlings by Celine Song, which originated at the American Repertory Theatre at Harvard. Here on the Korean island of Manje, three elderly sea women spend their dying days diving into the ocean to harvest seafood across the globe on the island of Manhattan. A Korean-Canadian playwright spends her days wrestling with the expectation that she write a, quote, authentic, unquote, story about her identity. That will be directed by Sammy Cannold. Very excited about this one. And, of course, anything that comes from New York Theatre Workshop these days. Opening will be Irish reps Lady G plays in Whisperings of Lady Gregory after beginning previews last week. And finally, the first performance of the highly anticipated New York City Center Encores production of the late, great Jerry Herman's Mac and Mabel. That will officially open the next night, Thursday the 20th. James, are you going to get a chance to see this one? No, I am not going to see Mac and Mabel. Yeah, Me neither. They (sighs) run so short. It breaks my heart. Run so short. It's difficult. The press rep is impossible to deal with. Jeez, just shout it out there. It's I'm true, telling though. you, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's I mean, since they, changed, it's, since they changed press reps at City Center, it's been unbelievably hard to yeah. you know, schedule anything there. Well, I hope our listeners at least have yes. bought tickets and get to see it because I won't be able to get there on time as much as I'd like to, and James as well. <laughs> On Thursday, the Peccadillo Theatre Company will begin performances for Sideways the Experience, an immersive food and wine experience, followed by the stage adaptation of Rex Pickett's acclaimed novel and Oscar-winning film of the same name that will run through April 12th at Theatre at St. Clement's and will officially open later in the week on Sunday the 23rd as well. And the big show on Thursday night, boy, oh boy, the official opening of Broadway's West Side Story at the Broadway Mm. Theater, directed by Iva Van Hova and starring at least one person who should not be on a Broadway stage. Needless to say, I have not been invited to opening night, James. (laughs) I missed Friday's fun show between you and Matt, you you know, wrote the script angrily. (laughs) Yeah, I, but, um, I, saw, I, I saw your little uh, your little gif on, yeah. uh, on, <laughs> on the Twitter. Um, That's pretty much how it looked like. Did yeah. you see they actually amended their statement from their no. legalese West Side Story company to West Side Story Management, which uh, I think is very telling. Yeah, I, I'd imagine that uh, not every single person involved in the production – uh, held that view, and they can't really say they that. Can't if, really say company. Can't, can't really say company there. But uh, I, I, Matt went on and on and on. In fact, uh, 
in fact, I had to cut out about 10 minutes of his ranting on oh, West Side wow. Story because he, he was very, very upset about what had happened at West Side Story. I'm upset too. Oh, but, we share. Uh, we share. You know, we, all... we share all the same opinions over here at Broadway Radio. <laughs> Or at least this part of Broadway radio. I don't know what this week on Broadway people feel. Sure. But yeah, uh, like I said, they amended it from company to management. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it was probably very kind of legal driven wording. But we've heard we've heard some kind of pushback of anonymous people behind the scenes saying, you know, they can't really speak out in their own name, obviously, because they those people could risk losing their job, not other people on the stage. They are clearly not going to have a problem lose or not going to lose their job anytime soon. But saying company when it's not actually the company, it was it was very strange to see them actually amend the statement because, like I said, it's very telling. So the the, the statement uh, was widely heralded. I, I'm not sure I saw anybody who said that was a good idea. Right. I mean, I mean, across social media, across all the conversations <laughs> of the people in the business and everything, they were like, "That that was a train wreck." They, why did they do that? We're She's not really gonna... understanding. And then uh, yeah. we're recording on Sunday evening, and mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a 60 minute segment on West Side Story where they're going to be right. interviewing Scott Rudin. Uh, I, My who dream knows? interview. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen there? So uh, we might be following up on this tomorrow, but let's keep yeah. going on the schedule. Yeah, for sure. Let's run through the weekend real quick, James. Friday, uh, Mabo Mines will begin preview performances for Mud Slash Drowning by Maria Irene Fornays and directed by Joanna Achilles, sorry, with new music by Philip Glass. That will officially open on Sunday, the 23rd. Also, Royal Family Productions will bring back a revised version of Women on Fire. Stories from the front lines appearing in the cast will be Gina Naomi Baez, Andrea Burns, Kathleen Chalfant, Judy Gold, Julie Halston, so many other powerhouses. That will run for 14 performances at Royal Family Performing Arts Space. On Saturday, Intar Theatre and Radio Drama Network will begin its world premiere, Bundle of Sticks by J. Julian Christopher and directed by Lou Moreno. Opening will be a pair of shows for a younger audience, Atlantic Theatre Company's Atlantic for Kids. She persisted the musical adapted by the book, or adapted from the book written by Chelsea Clinton, and also the Players Theatre's The Little Mermaid the Musical. Closing on Saturday, Border People from the Working Theater at ART's New York Theaters, Houseplant at New York Theater Workshop, the aforementioned Stew at page 73, and Macbeth from Hunter Theater Project. I've heard nothing but amazing things about that. Really devastated I will not get to see it, but or, you know, likely will not get to see it. I still mm. got a few days left, but we'll see. And finally, on Sunday, we have a few closings, including a pair of solo shows. Ashley Baker's Goy Friendly will wrap up its run at Soho Playhouse, and Rick Miller's Boom will close at 59 East 59th. East 59 will also wrap up The Commons, written by Lily Ackerman and directed by Emma Miller. And the aforementioned Mac and Mabel at New York City Center Encores will conclude. So truly, truly in the thick of it. This is actually my busiest time of the year. That's not the weeks that surround the Tonys. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly a lot of great things to see. So make sure you check out as many of those as possible. 
Okay, Andrew Lloyd Webber has found his Ella. Yeah, yep, yep, he has. Yeah, across, <laughs> across the pond, Andrew Lloyd Webber has reportedly found the match for his glass slipper. Carrie Hope Fletcher will play Cinderella, or bad Cinderella, apparently, <laughs> in the new production of Cinderella at the Gillian Lynn Theater, directed by Lawrence Connor. Connor most recently directed the Joseph London Palladium Revival as well as School of Rock, so he and Weber have a lot of history together. Fletcher, who is currently playing Fantine in Les Miserables at the West End's newly named Stephen Sondheim Theatre, will reprise the role after starring in 2019's London Workshop. Casting and additional members of the creative team will be announced at a later date. The production is a new reinvention of the classic fairy tale based on an original idea by Emmy nominee uh, Emerald Fennell and with a score by Weber and David Zippel. As previously reported, it will include a, quote, fiery version of the titular princess who falls in love with an awkward oddball named Sebastian and a gay love story involving Prince Charming and a duke, unquote. <laughs> performances will begin on august 28th with a press night on september 23rd tickets will go on sale on march 20th the production uh, production and fletcher posted a teaser with uh, her singing in it jane matt already pointed it out on twitter but there's some serious let's say homage to my own little corner in there Oh, you know, Andrew uh, Lloyd Webber gonna, does I'm many homage. He does. I'm not going to say it's blatant or anything, but uh, we might see that plagiarism section on his Wikipedia grow <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I mean, it's it's Cinderella and Cinderella. It's I'm sure rights were given, but I'm just I'm shaking my head. That's all I can say. <laughs> what do we have in other news? Yeah, you and Matt discussed it during Matt's Friday Patreon exclusive, but wanted to make sure we at least got to it briefly here. On Thursday night, Michael Riedel reported that a new musical stage adaptation of Black Orpheus may soon be heading to Broadway. This has actually been in the works for years now. Yeah. <laughs> so still very tentative. The show initially announced it was Broadway intended or a Broadway intended world premiere back in 2014. Back when the World Cup was going on, actually, because producers <laughs> used Brazil in the World Cup as kind of their way to announce it. Well, Germany won the World Cup and the Broadway bow has yet to happen. <laughs> but the musical reportedly had a very successful reading in New York last week in front of a uh, reps from national nonprofits eager to host the show's out-of-town tryout. Plus, it does have a very lovely website up now. The show is directed by George C. Wolfe and features a book by Lynn Nottage, the busiest woman in theater right now, and lyrics by Susan Birkenhead. Includes many of Antonio Carlos Jobim's themes from the movie it is based on. It follows the classic Greek love story of Orpheus and Eurydice against the backdrop mm. of, I know, of Carnival and Rio de Janeiro. Broadway is just going to be a little jam-packed with Orpheus and Eurydice. That's what, three shows? Yeah. But this time, although a little less today's top hits or New Orleans jazz, a lot more bossa nova if this actually happens, James. 
Blame it on the bossa nova. Always blame it on the bossa nova. All right. So as I alluded at the top of the show, we had a little incident at Jagged Little Pill the other night. Yeah, a bit of a scary situation over the Broadhurst on Saturday afternoon. Apparently, the matinee performance of Jagged Little Pill had to be evacuated during the second act after a showgoer sprayed pepper spray into the audience. According to theatergoers attending the show, someone started coughing, then everyone started coughing around them, and then people stood up and started running out of the theater, forcing the lights to come up and the show to pause. Everyone stood outside for nearly an hour as the Fire Department of New York investigated the building, and then it was too late to resume the show Uh since they have an evening performance that night. Apparently, it ended before they even got to You Ought to Know, which (sighs) is a objectively the best part of the show having just seen it the show's producers put out a statement that makes it seem like it was just an accident and that someone's pepper spray accidentally went off during the performance probably in someone's bag the statement also let theater goers know uh if you were at that performance you can get a refund so if you were at that performance make sure you do that hopefully you actually get to see you ought to know the next time you go (laughs) uh I, I didn't. I, I heard there was. A, I heard a different story about. Yeah, the I, the I think it was the New York Post originally said that there might have been a dispute between two people, yeah. Yeah. and it was fired off. Uh, the follow-ups to that, like I said, the producer statement make it sound like it just went off by accident. I don't think they're really confirming either yeah. either way. They're just like. All right, here's your money back. Please come back to see our show, (laughs) this time with less pepper spray. Wow, that's got to affect the grosses next week. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It'll have an asterisk asterisk next to it. All right, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Be sure to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to back us if you haven't already. Get all of that good stuff we talked about at the beginning of the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off the week with us. It's a little bit of a holiday here in the U.S. Uh, it's a little pre- bit. President's a little bit. Day, so yeah. uh, we might be a little bit light on the news tomorrow, but Matt and Ashley will be back. And yes. also Matt's going to have part three of his uh, trip to New York in the Patreon feed, so uh, check that out as well. James, and it's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, lovely. <laughs> 